Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10 through 18. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. <coughs> Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again he says, here am I, and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. You may be seated. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Good morning. Good morning. God bless you. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we are so grateful that we can call you Father, think of the text that was just read at communion, that you have adopted us as your children, and we are grateful. And we have uh, this text from Hebrews that says that you desire to win sons and daughters to glory and make children, and that we needed help in that, because we were far from you, and so Jesus Christ came as the true Son of God to win us to you. And for all of eternity, we will be grateful to you for that. And today, we simply say thank you. We thank you that you sent Jesus into the world. We thank you that he lived a faithful life and that he taught us about the kingdom of God. And we thank you that he suffered for us and that you vindicated him by raising him from the dead so that we too can have hope of life with you. For all of these things and for more, we thank you. And we thank you that you have given us the church sons and daughters of God that we enjoy family relationship with. We thank you that there are others of faith. In an age of skepticism and doubt and unbelief, we thank you that there are others of faith that we share our love for Jesus Christ with. And we thank you that through your church, you are continuing to do your work in the world and bring about healing and restoration, renewing relationships and reconciling people to yourself. This has all begun with you and your work, and it ends with you and your work. From first to last, you are God. And so we as your people thank you. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray, and all who agree say, Amen. Amen. Now today we get to enjoy for a few minutes uh, a little bit of fun. We are going to have today three videos that will recap some of what happened here in the life of this church in 2019. We began the year with a memory verse from Romans 15, verse 13, that is a blessing. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we had prayed that God would, in spiritual ways and in physical ways, cause this to be a year of overflow for this church, and it has been. And so as we watch each of these three videos in turn, I am going to try to direct our attention to one or two aspects from the video uh, that our volunteers and staff have put together for us. And then at the end of these videos, we'll have a little bit of preaching from today's scripture reading, uh, and then we'll have our invitation and our closing. And so this is a little different than our usual morning, but it is an opportunity to reflect on God's faithfulness to us. These videos are not about what we've done for God. They are about what God has done for us and how he has allowed us to enjoy some of what today's scripture reading is about. So let me just remind you on the inside of the bulletin is today's scripture. And let me point out a few words that are important for this first video. Uh, the first three verses of today's reading talk about God creating a family for himself. And so we see phrases like this in the scripture reading. Sons and daughters. That's you and me. God considers us sons and daughters. Uh, that we are, with Jesus, of the same family. That we are in Jesus' family. That he calls us brothers and sisters. That's repeated twice in the reading. And that God calls us children. That's repeated twice in the reading. What a gift of God. That he considers us to be brothers and sisters of Jesus, the Savior. And as we look at this first video together, you are going to see uh, a few photos from the year that include, near the end of the video, some of those who have departed and gone on to be with the Lord, lived a faithful life of Christian service, and that we, uh, we lost them this year. But they're not lost to us forever. And you're also going to see a number of pictures and names of those who were baptized into the Lordship of Jesus this year. And there's quite a few of them. And so God has been fulfilling in this church body his promise that Jesus made that he would be with us to the end of the age. He has not left us, as is evidenced by what we're about to see. From first to last, he is God. And people are beginning and ending their faith journeys in this family, worshiping together and enjoying being the sons and daughters of God together here. Let's watch this video and remember some of these people. <coughs> I went to heaven, and you were there with me, walked upon the streets of gold, beside the crystal sea, we heard the angels singing, then someone called your name, turned and saw this young man, he was smiling as he came. Thank you. 
be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Amen. Uh, in this passage from Hebrews, we read about God calling us sons and daughters. And one of our church's important scriptures comes from Matthew chapter 28, when Jesus talked about winning people for uh, the kingdom of God. He said, go out into all of the world and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'll be with you to the end of the age. This has been, for a number of years, the elders' mission statement for our church, to make and mature disciples of Christ. And so, we wanted to also show some pictures of discipleship in action. All of these that have come to Jesus and more that are a part of this church family have experienced chances this year to be discipled and to grow. In this next video, we have a collection, a, a large collection of photos of our children and our youth from the church in different discipleship activities throughout the year. And so we feel blessed that we have the opportunity to have so many of these kids in our church actively following Jesus and growing in their faith. And we wanted to show uh, quite a few of these pictures so that these kids who might be here today would get to see themselves in the videos and remember some of the things that they've done this year and be reminded that they matter to this church, that they are a part of this church and that they matter to God, that what they are doing as they grow in their faith in Jesus Christ is fulfilling the mission statement of this church. So let's enjoy this next video of our youth and our children. To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Where shall we go? You are the way to 
Enthusiastically, maybe. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory. Glory to God. There we go. Okay. Uh, so we've, we've got one more. And when people ask me what makes the Bentonville Church of Christ a great church, uh, I've come to have a consistent first response. There's many things about the church that I love, but this is the first thing that comes out of my mouth. It is a church that truly represents all the generations in it. It has experienced Christians, which is my favorite term for our elderly. It has young Christians and singles and families, young marrieds, and we're growing in each of these population areas, which is important. A sign of a healthy church is that it's continuing to grow across all of these age spectrums and represent all of these people because these are the people of God in each generation. And one of the most important things about discipleship is uh, when, Paul, uh, when Paul instructs the churches, especially through the letters to Timothy and Titus, that the older men and older women are to be training the younger men and women in the faith. This is how discipleship is passed down. In this last video, we've collected a series of pictures from events across the church, the whole spectrum of the church, from this last year. But I would ask you to pay particular attention to the d diversity of the ages and the generations in this video. And notice the way that God is continuing to grow people in faith in each one of our generations as faith is passed on. Let's enjoy this together. Give me eyes to see more of who you are. 
energy the first try. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Let's pray again, please. Father, we do commit every activity, every memory, every photograph, uh, every act of service, prayer, scripture read, song sung from 2019 to your glory. None of it is for us. All of it is for you. And yet you reciprocate by growing us, strengthening us, encouraging us, and filling us with your hope, peace, and joy while we worship you and glorify you. Thank you for being so generous to us. And thank you for giving us in Christ Jesus, the Son of God and Son of Man, who understands us, who through his suffering has been made perfect and is worthy of being our high priest and our representative before you. Thank you that through his suffering, uh, he has shown us the way to serve and follow you. And now, Father, as we uh, commit this final scripture reading and this final few minutes of sermon and song to you from this year, we pray that you would give us the strength to continue discipling uh, and spreading the gospel of Jesus in 2020. We pray that you would help us to experience more of the same, growth in all areas, uh, growth in spiritual ways and in those who choose to worship here and those who put on the lordship of Jesus here. And it's through Jesus and through the Holy Spirit that intercedes for us, we pray, and together we all say, Amen. In Hebrews chapter 2, we have this important reading that we have already received about Jesus' work that is called the Incarnation. Last week, we talked from Matthew chapter 1 about the Incarnation that Jesus' prophetic name is Emmanuel, God with us, that Jesus' final promise in the book of Matthew is I will be with you always until the end of the age, that the identifying mark of the Savior of the world begins because he is with us. It culminates because he dies for us and is raised, but his saving work begins in that he is with us. This passage from Hebrews 2 says the same, but it helps us to understand the meaning of the incarnation. Why did Jesus need to be one of us and be with us? Why be made like us in, as the text says, every respect like his brothers? Let me read again verses 14 through 18 and make a few comments on these verses as we wrap up our, our year. Hebrews 2:14 Since the children have flesh and blood he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death and that is the devil and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death for surely it is not angels he helps but Abraham's descendants for this reason he had to be made like his brothers in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Now, last week I talked about the coming of the child, and I really wasted my opportunity. I had put a picture of the most famous baby of December 2019 on the PowerPoint, and that was Baby Yoda from the streaming service and the Mandalorian show on Disney+. 
I had this planned uh, so that I could show the picture of baby Yoda and then use this great line that I forgot to use. This is not the child you're looking for. Uh, all the best laid plans, right? Uh, I thought that maybe I should show a picture of our adopted son, Ari, and then do the same thing. When God was looking for sons and for daughters, he wasn't looking for uh, anything but you. The child that he was looking for was you. The reason the Christ child came into the world is that God wanted to adopt many sons and daughters, of which you are one. You are the child. Jesus is the first of the brothers and sisters, but you are counted among them. But we have some problems. In our family, the family of God, there has been sin and rebellion. Talk about dysfunction. In our family, the family of God, there has been slavery to the fear of death. In our family, there has been sin without atonement. And so into our family, Jesus came, unafraid, fully functional, able to make atonement, to solve all the problems of our family. But it cost him. He suffered with us. To be God with us and to win you as a son or a daughter for God means, according to verse 18, that Christ had to suffer. And he suffered in many ways. Most famously is his death, his brutal, brutal death on the cross. Most famously is his mock trial, where lies were said about him. Most famously is that he was in the grave for three days. He suffered. But Jesus identifies with you in many sufferings. He endured without sin all the temptations that are common to man. He lived without sin through a lot of the trials that are common to you as the son or the daughter of God. Think about a few of them. Jesus lost his earthly father sometime before his passion. We don't know when Joseph died, but he buried a parent. Joseph lived for part of his life because of that with a single parent, his mother Mary. Jesus was at times without home. He was harassed, chased around by political powers that be, and this even started early in his life. In Matthew chapter 2, there is another famous after Christmas reading. I say after Christmas, although technically, historically, we're still in what's called the Christmas season. You might remember the song that you sung as a child on the 12 days of Christmas, what your true love gave to you. If I, I would not, but if I were to ask you to sing it around today, I bet everyone would know it just about as well as any of the hymns in our hymn book. Well, today is the fifth day of Christmas. The fifth day of Christmas, I won't ask you to sing it, but what is traditionally given? Five golden rings. You want to sing it, don't you? But I won't ask that of you. Today's the fifth day of Christmas, so hopefully all of you husbands came prepared with a box full of jewelry. Five golden rings. 
Uh, the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, reflects on the traditional Christmas season that follows the day of Christmas. Twelve days of giving gifts and remembering that Jesus Christ has come. We live in a world now where all of the Christmas fervor is in the lead up to the one day of giving gifts and on the 26th, all the stores begin to have what they call their after Christmas sales. Well, for the Christian, this is just the beginning of the Christmas season. The beginning of realizing what it means that Jesus has come and what it means is that he has suffered with us. And so in Matthew 2, uh, we see a reading that's traditionally read in this Christmas season after Christmas Day. And I'll just read three verses of it for us this morning. Uh, when they had gone, these are the wise men, the magi that had come, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. By now, Joseph is getting used to receiving these messages from angels and through dreams, and so he immediately obeys. He's told, get up and take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Jesus is days old or weeks old at this point. What we have turned into the beautiful pastoral scenes of a manger with animals gathered round and everyone wearing halos and the peace and the silent night of Christmas is quickly disrupted as a power-hungry tyrant tries to use the power of death and the fear of death to oppress the people of God and the purposes of God in this world. And so in verse 14, Joseph got up. He took the child and his mother during the night and he left for Egypt. And so as an infant, Jesus began to suffer for you. He became a refugee in a foreign country. He was on the run from oppressive powers. He stayed there, according to verse 15, until the death of Herod, and so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. Out of Egypt I called my son. Jesus' identification with you and with me began early in his life, and it continues to this day. He knows because of his humanity what it is like to be us. And he is with us. And he will be with us in the year to come. This is the great hope of the Christmas season. The great hope of the new year is Jesus' promise to be with you, that God is with us still, and that no matter how we may be hurting, suffering, betrayed, denied, or waiting, that Jesus knows a little bit of how it feels. Now, fervently, glory to God, glory to God. Today, we invite you to respond to this caring Savior, the one who knows your heart and your needs, the one who has a plan for you, the one who has put death aside for you, the one who has no fear of what any Herod may bring in 2020 or in the years beyond. Come down and pray with us if you'd like. Maybe put him on baptism. Uh, Jesus today in baptism so that you can start your new year following your Lord who's called you. Maybe renew your relationship with him today through prayer or share whatever your burden may be because he understands. Let's stand and let's sing. Wonderful, merciful.